from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by Code-Breaking Termites. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I am Devin, joined as usual by Steve. <laughs> good one, Perfect. guys. Yeah, Perfect. I like it. Yep. We we've been practicing for weeks. That's good. You finally years, got it right. actually. Yeah, probably actually. Mm-hmm. Today we're going to talk about a mystery that was suggested in uh, May of last year by Katrina or Katarina. I'm not sure how. I think it's Katrina. I think it's Katrina too, via email. So thanks. Thanks. Uh, we've had a couple other suggestions of this since then, but yeah. that was the big one. That was the first, first one. one. Yeah. Big one, first one, whatever. Anyways, today we're going to talk about Joseph Newton Chandler III. Ready? Not yeah. his real name. Okay. Shh. Oh, sorry. Let's do the overview first. Okay. On about July 24th, 2002, maybe July 23rd, 2002, not quite sure which, Joseph Newton Chandler III shot himself in the head with a 38 caliber Charter Arms handgun. It's like a little revolver, this Mm -hmm. gun. A little five-shooter. Five-shooter, yeah. About a week later, police arrived to investigate the death uh, because the other tenants in the 
apartment complex said it smelled. <laughs> and the I landlords just called the cops. This was middle of July. I bet, mm-hmm. it, I bet it smelled It was the good. hottest days of the year that year. Mm. Uh, One of those jobs you just don't want. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, I knew somebody who had a had a daughter who was obnoxious and, and, and antisocial. She got a job doing one, one of those cleanup crews, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, it paid well. Yeah, I'm you sure know, it did, does. Didn't require it takes a strong stomach. That's really all it requires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it didn't require a, a huge skill set, but yeah. it paid you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So the police arrive, and it's they deem it to be a totally normal suicide. They ran his dental records to confirm that uh, it was, in fact, Joseph Newton Chandler III. Dental records matched. This was in Cleveland, Ohio. So case closed, right? Case closed, pretty much, yeah. Done, yeah. Well, okay, so maybe not. They did cremate the body shortly after that. They did an autopsy and then cremated the body. Which is kind of too bad. Which is, well, it's normal. Normal procedure in this. Yeah, there was was nothing initially Mm -hmm. to indicate to do anything other. So the person who was named as his will executor hired a probate lawyer and they start to go through Chandler's estate and find out that uh actually this is the second time that Joseph Chandler the third had died the first was in a car accident in 1945 when he was eight years old yeah so so the mystery is who, who was, was Joseph Newton Chandler the third mark two mark two yeah <laughs> The more recent one. 2.0. Yeah, so time for theories, right? Yeah, the yes. Old, no. The old one was not doing anything with that name, so what the hell? Yeah, why not? We'll pick it up and use it. May as well just use it. Just kidding. Not theories yet. The probate lawyers are trying to place this $82,000 legacy, which isn't nothing. I did the conversion even. I mean, you know, it was only 15-ish years ago, mm. but I did the conversion. It's more than $100,000 in today's money, and that's not nothing. Okay. Uh, when I they started it. calling Chandler's... The, all of the Chandlers that they could find in the East, kind of where uh, Chandler's mom was from, they f- quickly found out that Joey, the original Joseph Newton Chandler III, had died in a car accident on December 21st, 1945, with his parents in Texas on highway uh, U.S. Highway 82. That's a terrible Christmas. Yeah. They were on their way to spend Christmas with the extended family. With his father's extended family. Uh, um, and they, I, there's no details really about... I've read the news articles from the local papers at the time, and there's not really any... It doesn't say what happened. Yeah, though it was a tragedy, it wasn't extensively mm-hmm. covered or yeah. anything Yeah, so like all that. three of them died, and they were all buried in Texas. Uh, that would, I mean, that would make Joey's identity... We're going to call original Joey... The original Joseph Newton Chandler. Version 1.0. Yeah, we're going to call him Joey, because that's... A lot of people refer to him... As that, um, and then Joseph Newton Chandler the third will probably call Chandler. I might accidentally call him Joe every once in a while because you know yeah, there's yeah. no Joe confused, in the room. Don't get confused, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. dead. Yeah, <laughs> not quite dead. Not quite yet. Yeah. It, anyway, it would make Joey a pretty good target mm-hmm. for identity theft. You know, his parents are dead. He doesn't seem to have any close family relatives, anything like that. So if somebody were suddenly to start being this person, who knows? Yeah. You know? There's no parents to look up or anything like oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. there's there's nobody to catch it easily. Mm-hmm. Yep. So at this point in the case, the, our, our new case, not our old case, our 2002 case, the U.S. Marshals take over, as they do for a lot of cases like this. Mm-hmm. So let's go back a little bit to talk about Joey's life and then talk about how uh, Joseph Chandler the third Chandler became... Bing? Yeah. Not no, Chandler Bing? Not Chandler Bing. Okay. How Chandler became 
Joey, basically. Does that work? That works. Okay. Joey was born on March 11th, 1937 to parents Ellen Chandler and Joseph Newton Chandler Jr. In the... In the United States of America, social security number is assigned to you at birth. We know this, but it occurs to me that people who don't live here might not know that. That does. That's a very good point. But this didn't really start in earnest until 1936 was when I think the first social security number was assigned. And then the cards weren't issued until you were an adult. And that continued until the 70s or something like that. So Joey would have never had a social security card, and it's likely that his birth certificate was somewhere at his parents' house and just kind of got tossed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his parents' belongings probably would have been, somebody would have somebody taken would. that, and mm-hmm. then, of course, it just moves and disappears. I mean, it probably, it may, it may no. have just been burned, or, I mean, you know, it could have just been gotten rid of, yeah. because mm-hmm. he died. Yeah. You know, he has a certificate of birth, so why did, you know. You shouldn't need that birth certificate anymore, and there's nobody of interest to keep it. These days, obviously, you need your social security number to prove that you're a citizen, and you need your card. A lot of employers will require that you bring your actual card so they can see it. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, in those days, that was not the case. And you can get a replacement social security card, and you can get a replacement birth certificate these days, but you have to go through a lot of stuff. To get it, yeah. These days, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, it's not an days. easy process. No, no, it's not. Several decades ago, it was actually pretty easy. Yeah, it turns yeah. out. Have we ever talked about? Uh, Joe might remember this back in the day when you used to be able to. You'd buy a wallet, and it would have a fake social security card in it. Does this mm-hmm. ring a bell to you at all? No. Yeah. So it was it was a thing to just be like, and you could put your social security no- card in here, no big deal. And it was obviously not a real social security no- card. But it had a social security number on it. Oh. And it, what it was is it was the secretary at the office of the company that manufactured the wallets. Social security numbers weren't that important of a thing. So uh-huh. they used her social security number. Mm. Thinking, wow. who would actually be dumb enough to try to use this thing? And for decades, people were using that as their actual social security number. If I remember right, she had to eventually get a new one because it was just so out of control. That's insane. Wow. That's, that's kind of a dumb thing to do. Yeah. It's just one of those weird things. No, nobody really cares about these. They're not that important and then just backfired. Yeah, yeah. well, it's relatively easy to get a new social security card, not a number, but a card these days. I know because I looked into it because I thought I lost mine. Turns out my parents had it. Don't worry. But really, you can as long as you're not getting I think it was you can get 10 a year or something like that. Some absurd number a what? year. 10 cards a year? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, this. I'm just doing this from memory. But as a U.S. citizen who has a passport, all I would have to do is take my passport and they would say, oh, yeah, that's you. Yeah. Great. No problem. That obviously is Wasn't now. the case then. Yeah. It's not the case then. So in order to become someone else, you have to have their social security card and their birth certificate. Pretty mm-hmm. much. And Chandler had both of these things. Now, we talk about this a lot, so I'm just going to go ahead and like bite the bullet and talk a little bit about who can get vital records, is what they call it. It's uh, birth certificates, original or certified copies of birth certificates or death certificates. And and you're going to reference Oregon, Oregon. specifically in this? Yeah. It varies from state it to state. It does. I can't imagine it varies. I really can't imagine it varies that much, actually. Uh, I to would be actually honest say it you. probably varies from state to state. 
I just, I can't, I mean, this seems totally logical to me and I don't know why anybody would do it any other way, but hey. And I'm sure that in another state, because I've seen things like this where it's like, oh, it's going to be the, oh no, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's fair. Yeah. So within the first hundred years following the date of birth, those records are totally restricted, which makes sense, right? Yeah, because probably somebody isn't going to live past 100, although these days... Mm. A little more of that. Yeah. So if you are the person named on the record and you're 15 years or older, you can order a certified copy of a vital record. And what? Spe- explain vital record again. It's a birth certificate or a death certificate. And Just I think there's, one of those two. I think there's like two other ones, okay. but it has to do with your your status as, as a existing being. Okay. No, it's not like marriage certificates are a different thing. Got right? it. Your husband or wife or domestic partner who is registered by the state can order a vital record on you. A child, a parent, a step-parent can order something on you. Uh, well, a step-parent until you're 18 can order a vital, vital record. And your brother or sister, grandparent, grandchild, legal guardian, legal representative, authorized representative or government agency conducting official duties. Jesus That's it. Christ, everybody can get one. I know. It's surprisingly a lot. It is a lot. But it's also, it's a good list, I think. Mm. I mean, you know, there's definitely... It covers open... most eventualities. Yeah, it does open some stuff up, but, you know, mm. hey. When ordering a birth certificate, obviously you have to say what your relationship is. You have to be able to prove that it's you. But these are all things that you have to do now. Back then, I think it was as easy as writing a letter. If you had someone's social security number, for instance, you just write a letter and say, this is my social security number. This is me. I need a certified copy of my thing. And it was taken at face value it's taken to be at face true. Value. Yeah, exactly. And I know that that was true in the 70s. It was. And this is now becoming relevant. We're off our little side path. Here we go. Chandler requested Joey's birth certificate in 1978, uh, as well as a social security card. It would be the first social security card that Joseph Newton Chandler III was issued. Since he died when he was eight, he didn't have one yet. Anyway, he wrote from Rapid City, South Dakota, uh, which is where the both documents were mailed to uh, kind of a shack behind a house. But it seems most likely to everybody who's investigated the case that he didn't actually ever live there, that he just checked the mailbox frequently, that it was kind of, you know, nobody was really living there. It was a drop, there, essentially. Basically. Yeah. That's a clever guy. Yeah, really smart. He moved to East, uh, East Lake, Ohio, right after that, and a website that doesn't exist anymore outside of the Wayback Machine, so you can see it on the Wayback Machine. Hopefully we'll post a link to it, because it's a pretty good website. It's called crimeshadows.com. They reported that they did a check on when Chandler ordered the documents, and they said that it had happened, uh, that actually the Social Security card had been issued in 1973. Uh, I think you can probably chalk it up to, like, crappy handwriting or smudged typewriter. I mean, three and eight are really close together. Yeah, if you look at, I mean, we do this all the time. We look at old photocopied, typewritten documents that have been photocopied Mm -hmm. a half dozen times. They degrade, and a three starts to look like an eight. Or an eight starts to look like a three. Exactly. So I don't know, but I I mean, it would be great to know 100% for sure, but barring going to see those documents in person, the original documents... 
I, I don't think we'll know. So I'm happy to stick with 78. Are you guys happy to stick with 78? Yeah, I'm cool with that. So we'll say that Chandler became Joey in 1978 and i'm just now realizing how much like a friends episode this sounds like oh my god i you're right. i was I... not making that reference for no reason <sighs> sorry guys sorry so where's monica she's coming don't worry okay investigators found that uh chandler had probably lived in california for a time maybe working with the u.s navy and then he moved to cleveland in 1979 and then he moved into his last apartment in 1986 in east lake ohio I've never seen this clarified. How, how do they determine where he yeah. lived? Like, I've so, never yeah. seen it specified. I can I, tell you, actually, the no. answer to that question. What? They uh, It's on his uh, job applications and his rental applications. So it's just supplied from him. Uh, okay. So not necessarily true. It's I was, not okay, necessarily true. So we true. don't know that there's any mm-hmm. truth to it based no. on a man who was living under an assumed identity for 20-some years. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes me feel much better because I wondered if it was something like that, but I never caught it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that his Cleveland in 79 is documented because I think that's where he was working his first job as an electrical engineer. And then his move to when he moved to East Lake, that was also documented. Yeah. But his time in California is not a hundred percent documented. In fact, the company that he listed working for that was contractors for the U.S. Navy uh, had no record of him ever working there. But again, he could have been working under a different name. It's possible. I don't really know. It could be a completely false lead. Also, frankly. I'm surprised that he got a job with putting a job that he, like, you know, the job previous to his and they didn't even bother calling them, but okay. It's 70s. But it's an electrical engineer. You would kind of want to know that that person knows what they're doing, wouldn't you? But it's the 70s and it's an era where, again, you take things that people say at face value. And if a guy says, I know how to do this, and you ask him some questions and he competently answers them, you You believe him. That's Mm -hmm. fair. Yeah. Yeah, and also they don't necessarily call all of your references. They might call one or two, maybe. You would think they but, would call your most recent. Yeah, probably, but, uh, you know, you can't overlook just laziness. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, whoever was doing I I didn't find anything fishy. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't find anything because I didn't look for it. Exactly, yeah. Chandler was an electrical engineer and designer, as we've been kind of talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, he did not have friends. I know that that's a thing that people say, I don't really have friends. No, he did not have friends. In fact, the um, guy who was the executor of his will was a co-worker at his first job. When he, he had two jobs that are documented that he actually worked in. And this first one was with Edco Company, Edco Co. And he worked with this guy, Mark. Uh, yeah, I think it was Mark. It was Mark. Yeah, and then... He stated strongly that they were not friends. Yeah, he actually... Uh, when. Uh, you know, Joseph Chandler asked him to be the executor of his estate. Mm-hmm. He agreed to it, thinking, "Oh, he's never gonna, he's not gonna die." Well, he he, and he really regrets that now. He absolutely regrets it. And in fact, the only reason that he became the executor um, on the will is because he was on the lease. He was a co-signer on the lease of Chandler's most recent apartment, and that was because he went and was helping Chandler with some um, documents and found out that it was actually the landlord was going to be the co-signer because he really didn't have anyone. And Mark felt bad and said, okay, I'll be a co-signer with you on your lease. You're probably a trustworthy guy. 
And then since he was the only name that they could definitively connect to him, they said, all right, it's your job to execute the will. He was never actually named as the executor of the will mm-hmm. by Chandler. Like Chandler never asked him to be the executor. I would mm. never do that. Yeah. Co-sign for a co-worker that I felt bad for? No. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, again, things are much different now, mm-hmm. but in terms of what happens when you're a co-signer and somebody filches out, but mm-hmm. no way. Yeah. yeah, probably not. Yeah. So, I mean, he did. he really genuinely didn't have friends. Mark, the executor, was the closest thing to a friend. And I know that you will find his last name out there, but in more recent interviews with him, he has asked that his last name be left off of it. So we're going to continue to just mm-hmm. honor that, even though you, it's really easy to go find out what his last name is. We're not going to be just yeah. spreading it around. Mm-hmm. Chandler was just kind of a, I mean, from all the, the coworker accounts, he was kind of an oddball. Yeah, bit. he was really weird. He, uh, there was one incident that the coworkers always recount. And this is genuinely the only anecdote that exists about Chandler, right? Mm-hmm. And it is that he drove to L.L. Bean in Maine, which is like a 12-hour drive from the Ohio location, um, Eastlake. There wasn't an L.L. Bean store closer? I don't know. I think there is, but I don't know in the 70s what, you know, I don't know what. It's been in the 80s. Oh, yeah, in the 80s or maybe the 90s. But, I mean, even then, like, I don't know really where things were. But he drove 12 hours to L.L. Bean and he did one circle around the parking lot, and there were no spots, so he just turned around and went drove home. And he he was quoted as saying, uh, "If they don't have a parking spot for me, they don't have my business." Well, that's fair. Is it? That seems a little psycho, really. But yeah, uh, I mean, that seems a little crazy. Uh, so he he drove for twenty four hours for naught. Yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. That's, he, that's not normal. He reportedly created a static noise machine or a white noise machine that he had with him at all times, and he listened to it in his headphones mm-hmm. pretty much all the time. I think he, you know, even when he was out on jobs and things like that, which I I recognize as a crazy thing, but also if you don't really like people or you don't want to interact with people, that's a really good way to tune people out. Noise canceling. Yeah. That's what, it, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a great way to, if you cannot think while other people are just nattering along next to you. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. gotta block them out, or if you can't stand other people. I mean, it's it's even as simple as just being annoyed by people. Or well, some some sounds can really bug you too. I know that there's certain sounds that really irritate the hell out of me. You know, so maybe there was a lot of those sounds going on in his office. Yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely a couple things that are more recently diagnosed disorders that mm-hmm. are recognized as actual mental disorders that will make people like legitimately angry. That are noises that are totally normal noises, but mm-hmm. oh, I know, you know, like, like I've had coworkers, and you know, you know people eat the, the yogurt out of the little plastic thing, mm-hmm. and you get to the bottom, and it's always stretch, 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 stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that that's, that yeah. noise. That noise drives me crazy. Yeah, Chandler told his coworkers that he had been married twice, once to a Cuban woman who did not speak English. That's strange. He spoke of his sister, uh, Mary. Did he speak Spanish, by the way. Mm- I don't think we, so. I've never seen anything that indicated that he did. Yeah, I don't. Mm. So don't ask me how they communicated. Yeah, that'd be an interesting marriage. I mean, he, they well, were they're both... married. You don't communicate when you're married. I've Good I've point. heard that. Yes. <laughs> he said that he had a sister, Mary R. Wilson, who lived in Columbus, Ohio, and he listed her on some of his forms. But the address was vacant, and Mary Wilson was probably totally made up. There's so. a good chance there. Really, really good chance, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said he had a brother, too, didn't he? He sometimes said he had a brother. Yeah. His stories about himself were not usually the same. 
as although, if they were made up on the fly. Although the the sister that he used, the address was the same for all the applications, and I think even he referenced her when he uh, when he wrote for the cards or something. So there was something card. earlier that mm. he referenced her in as well. But I, you know, again, who knows? The investigators on this case have some kind of descriptive things to say about Chandler as well. They say that he lived a hermit's life. His apartment was sparse but had a few books. And the official profile is that he suffered obsessive-compulsive disorder. And he didn't drink or smoke and was antisocial and seldom appeared to be at ease in public. So a total introvert. Introvert. Yeah. One of, the, one of the other interesting traits is he, he was an engineer, of course, and so engineers have a certain kind of personality kind of thing. They he, do. He uh, never wrote in cursive script. He always wrote in... Block letters. Block letters, all, all caps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, from what everybody can tell, he was really, really intelligent, and they think they knew that he knew what he was doing, that he was really living the perfect life to keep off the radar. I mean, mean he wasn't... knew what he was doing to with his false identity and yeah, how to, how to exactly. go... Okay. Yeah, he didn't spend a lot of money. He didn't buy anything that would raise red flags. He didn't partake in any kind of habitual behavior. Right? He didn't smoke, didn't drink, didn't go out. So, you know, he, he did. He led a quiet life. He uh, had a... They were qual- call it a modest bank account, which is probably true um and he really didn't move around a lot mm. you know uh he was well, so he was he was really good at attracting attention uh, not attracting attention yeah and yeah. not att- sorry yeah well, <laughs> well you know I could, I could see why you wouldn't move that often if you got to get somebody to co-sign the lease every time you do it yeah yeah i would imagine though that, no i don't think that's right because after your first apartment that you've been in for five years and they call a landlord and he says Always paid on time, no big deal. Then you don't need a co-signer. It's yeah. when you're mm-hmm. when you're when you got no fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got no history, right? And I don't or believe... when you're moving around a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I don't yeah. believe he had a credit history, did he? Uh, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cash only. Yeah. In fact, uh, he was so good at this whole living off the radar thing that it, investigators initially thought maybe he was in the like long-term witness protection program of some kind. Uh, but that was ruled out quickly by the U.S. Marshals who were investigating the case because <laughs> same program, mostly. Yeah, they would yeah, know. They would know. Mark, the not friend. Co-worker. The co-worker. Yeah. The only co-worker said that he had actually invited Chandler to come to a Halloween party in 1992, uh, totally expecting him to not show up. And this was just kind of after the whole, well, it was like three or four years after he had signed the lease with Chandler. And well, Chandler got his apartment in 86. So yeah, that's no. yeah, 86. You're 86. right. No, you're right. You're right. So this is six I don't know why I had later. 89 in my head somehow. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, it was a while later, but he definitely says that he tried to at least speak with Chandler once a year. Um, you know, he really felt for the guy, I think. Um, but it turns, Chandler showed up to the party. Um, they not did not expect him to, at all. They were a hundred percent sure that he was not going to show up, and he did. He showed up, and he uh, was dressed in a full, like full out gangster. You know, he had the pinstripe suit and the wide lapel and the cigar and the hat. And um, that's Pretty. a little. Odd. I mean, I, I've seen reported that he only had like one change of clothes in his entire house. So that's. I mean, that's a pretty big length to go to. Mm, sure is. For a Halloween party, but there you go. He looks pretty sharp in that suit. He does, and that's actually those are the pictures that you'll see a lot on the internet. 
those those two pictures of him looking slightly they're, nefarious. They're the only candid photos of him. They are, and he does. It's definitely worth looking at those because he does look pretty different than he uh, does in the one picture, the ID picture. Mm-hmm. His dental record is on file, as mentioned, but as also mentioned, uh, it was made during the twenty-three or so years that he was Chandler. Obviously, like an eight-year-old Joey's dental records probably wouldn't be super helpful in a case like this. But the dental records are attributed to him, so... So they, uh, they checked those before they burned the body? They checked those to identify him to make sure he was the guy who was on the lease, mm-hmm. right? They found the dentist, who, the local dentist who had worked on his teeth then, correct? I presume that's how they I mean, did that, it. That, yeah, you would yeah. think. I mean, yeah, to get like his dental records. I would yeah, presume that's it. the government's it. got that on file. Yeah. I hope not. Not usually. Because, <laughs> yeah. boy, they're going to be disappointed in my teeth. Yeah, me I'm too. Kind of, I'm kind of curious about if the dentist, his dentist noticed anything unusual about his dental work, but I, I guess... I, I, I haven't seen any reports, and I think they would have mentioned it. Probably. Um, they also have DNA on file from some old medical visits, I guess. He... Uh, he had advanced colon cancer, and he had gone uh, through some treatment, but he insisted on paying for everything in cash, which, again, you know, sounds like something this guy would do. And so uh, he just couldn't afford it. Apparently, his first round of treatments cost him $80,000, and he paid in cash, and then they wanted him to do chemo. But So that's where they had the DNA samples from, you know, all the testing and stuff like Probably that. Probably taking biopsies. So they do have DNA samples of Chandler. They don't have fingerprints, though, because, again, they cremated the body, so nobody really examined his fingers, but also they, they thought, well, surely, he had, you know, he had an, they had an entire apartment full of stuff. Surely there's at least one good print, but no, all smudges. All smudges. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. All right. But I will just mention that he was an electrical engineer, so, you know, burning your fingertips with... Have you ever used a soldering iron? Yeah. It's easy to do. Super easy. So it wouldn't really surprise me a whole lot. But again, we can talk about some other reasons that that might be... You can also sand your fingertips and, you know, or... We'll talk about some other reasons of why that might be in a minute. And then his autopsy revealed, on top of the terminal colon cancer, that he also had male pattern baldness... Which leads most people to believe that he's wearing a hairpiece in his ID picture. Might be. Which I, I'm willing to believe. Yeah. You know, there are so few pictures of him in the, the two candid ones. He's wearing a hat, so you can't tell what's under there. So I don't know what he looked like in life. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, don't know have, if yeah, he the, had There's no good or, reference. Or even if he wore a hairpiece. I don't know about any of that, so... One final note before we move on to our next little thing that we need to talk about is that uh, Chandler would sometimes apparently just go dark, like just disappear for a couple of days, sometimes a month at a time, but mostly just a couple of days. And uh, Mark said that when he asked him about it, uh, Chandler would just say, uh, they, they were close, they're getting close. And that was the only description he would give him. They were getting close. Yeah. Mm. That's weird. It's super weird, right? Aliens. Aliens, I'm telling you. Totally aliens. aliens. Yeah. So here's the next thing we need to talk about, and that is that uh, someone familiar to many of you takes a big interest in this case, or at least did a year ago. I don't know if he's moved on or not, because he tends to do that, but that person is James Renner. And I'll be totally 100% upfront and transparent in saying that I did not reach out to him for this story because of the weird non-responsive stuff that we received when we were researching the Mara Murray case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't really want to go through that again. So yeah. 
We did not talk to Mr. Renner about this case, but we did look at a lot of research through his blogs that he's written, some Reddit posts, and also um, an article that he said doesn't exist on the internet anymore, anymore, but we found on the Wayback Machine. So we've read, I feel we've done our due diligence on this one. Renner claims that Chandler was a sexual deviant, and Mm. I don't really know why. I think it's a bit sensationalist that he claims this, but we'll run through this anyway. He posted a thread on Reddit a year ago that made this claim. And again, he doesn't really, there's nothing that he really says to back it up. His strongest bit of evidence is that on February 4th, 1989, a guy calling himself Joseph Newton Chandler, I don't think there was a third, but that could be omitted from the story. I don't know. Shows up at a local hospital. Is that in air quotes? The local hospital bit? It's That's a wavy fingers. I, I, were, I don't okay. know if it's air quotes. It's kind of like, oh, local hospital. With lacerations on his penis. Yeah. Uh, he said that he hurt himself trying to masturbate with a vacuum cleaner. Oh, yeah. Which I feel like isn't that weird of a thing. And he was oh, just being... Yeah. I mean, okay. Yes, it's not uh like... Normal. It's not the most normal thing. But if you're a lonely guy... Like, yeah. What the heck, you know? But I mean, uh, Joe knows something. About <laughs> <laughs> Up yours. Yeah. I, uh, you know, there's, um, but there's there's stores that sell things. <laughs> I did I did manage to confirm this. I talked to uh, Pete Elliott from the U.S. Marshal Service. Yeah. Who's investigating this, and he said that the ER story actually is true. Then. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, did. and I'm but, not okay. And so I'm not saying that that story didn't happen. That's not what I'm yeah, saying. I, I am saying that lonely that older a, guy yeah, showing up. No. With saying, I hurt myself, you know, masturbating with a vacuum is not weird. Mm. And uh, the other thing that I want to say about this is that the doctor did note that he thought that Chandler was probably older than he reported being, but he didn't say anything about not believing his story about the vacuum. I think the implication that Renner is trying to make is that this guy was like cutting himself or like do, doing some kind of like huge self harm. But I really think that the guy just got his penis stuck in a vacuum. No, any young men listening right now, don't try that. Don't try yeah. it. Don't, Please don't try it. Don't. Don't not use a good your over. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Well, let me give you another piece of advice, and that is when you go to the ER with something embarrassing like this, don't give them your real name and pay in cash. Yeah. And I used to. I, I, I had a girlfriend years ago. Yeah, she worked at the, she worked at the, billing, uh, the billing records office. Uh, so uh, this woman shows up with, let's just say, a very embarrassing sexually related injury at the ER. Uh, she's got, uh, she gives, gives them her name and her medical insurance and everything. And in this office that my girlfriend worked in at the time, there were more than a hundred people there. And of course, every person in that office saw a copy of that ER report. Absolutely. And, and yeah. also a claim went out to an insurance company and I'm sure hundreds of people at that insurance company saw that claim. Yeah. And so, like I said, fake name, paying cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Totally. So I just, I don't think that the doctors didn't, I, I think they believed him. I think that was totally normal. I think it's totally sensationalist of Runner to say that this makes this guy a sexual deviant, but okay. Uh, you know, accidents happen, really. Yeah. No, I mean, again, it happened, and I'm, I don't think anybody's saying it didn't happen. I just, anyway. Renner goes on to say that police found, quote, weird gadgets he created for purposes unknown and a strange child's peanut sticker from 1965 and a hobby tool nobody has yet identified. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) (sighs) I'm laughing because the hobby tool was so obvious. Literally within like 30 seconds. 
of the post somebody, going up. Somebody identified it. It's a label maker. It's a label. It's a raised label maker from like the seventies. Yeah, it's got the the black or colored tape that you mm-hmm. punch and the letters stand out mm-hmm. white against it. Yeah, and a lot of electrical engineers use it to label gear or oh, yeah. parts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. so it's the yeah. one that's got the sort of pistol handle on it. Yeah, and yeah, and then the it's, round thing on the top and you it's, it's it. adhesive yeah. on the back of the, yeah. the yeah. label strip, and you stick it on, and it's got your name on it. I or had whatever. one of those. I, I had one of those everything. Too. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's like, oh, weird. He has a sticker from 1965. Like, what? People have people sentimental have things. Stuff. And yeah. even if it wasn't stuff, it's, you know, it's like a good job sticker. Maybe he got it as an award. Maybe he found it on the street and thought it was cute. It's not that weird. And, yes, as far as I know, those black boxes have yet to be identified. Well, one of them does make the white noise. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Well, that's what, uh, they're that's they're what, too big, I thought. I, that's what Pete Elliott... Oh, he me. said one of the ones... He said one of them, one of them was a white was noise Was the white noise maker. generator? Yeah. Maybe it was like, you know, portable white noise generator and just house white noise generator. Uh-huh. I don't know. They look, they look like the first gen of like shapeshifter tech from Fringe to well, me. Well, it's totally... I mean, I looked at these things, and you two know this. I work with a bunch of engineers, mm-hmm. and it looks like the early prototype versions that the guys that I work with would make, where they drill a couple of air holes, in it so it can breathe and radiate heat and yada 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 and he scribbled on the back of it commands mm. but it looks like um i i swear i saw this somewhere it made me uh think that it's a, a power inverter that was my thought too yeah. that's where you saw it it's my script maybe yeah that it looked like an early version of that and it's a thing that the patent wasn't filed for until 1992 so i mean it could have been tinkering but it does it looks like that that black pack that comes on your laptop that's on what the, we're talking on about, the right? power cord yeah. i know what you're talking about yeah yeah that's what i thought too well no what i was talking about is like a, a converter because there's or it's a power inverter and yeah. power converter yeah the inverter there, is takes it from dc to ac right yeah. and one of the things is that i was looking it up is the inverters are used for motors yeah because you can you can adjust the voltage on them and you know the first thing that made me think of was you ever play with an old model train set mm-hmm. like really old control boxes that have the Duh. dial oh yeah and it it totally made me think of some homemade version of one of those yeah yeah, yeah i mean there's uh, on the bottom, it says on, on two sides, or no to runner. <laughs> uh, in pencil, and, you know, people have said, well, why didn't he use a label maker? And it's like, well, maybe he was out of tape, or maybe he didn't want it to be permanent. Maybe he wasn't ready for it to be permanent. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of things they could be, and, uh, you know, it sounds like Pete knows, or uh, uh, Mr. Elliot, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Mr. Elliot knows, Marshall Elliot, Marshall Elliot knows, you know, that at least one of them's the white noisemaker, so that's identified, mm-hmm. and, you know, I just think they're not really that nefarious. No, not really. They're weird, but they're weird. the guy just sat but at home... But he was a tinkerer. Yeah, I was going to say, if he sat at home and he just worked on stuff all the time... Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, let me try this. Maybe I can, you know, make the better mousetrap. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. He might just he might have just actually gotten a lot of joy out of just soldering stuff, you know? Yeah, he could have. The other thing that Renner says is that the gun was purchased, the gun that um, Chandler used to kill himself. The 38. The 38 was purchased in Ohio a few months prior to his suicide, but that's not true. about though, right? half of the other investigation that I've seen says that it was purchased in Texas between 1966 and 1976 from a gun store that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's and a, their records were destroyed. Yeah, Seagullville, Texas. Yeah. Where, but, well, the records couldn't have been destroyed, though, because when... 
Well, you have a federal firearms license, which these. Well, I thought there was. Had. I thought the whole thing was there was like a fire at the. Oh, I mean, I don't really? know. Okay, because otherwise, when you when you close your business down and you give up your federal firearms license, you got to send all your books to the BATF. Right, which would make sense. Yeah. But was that um, the same process at that time? Uh, what, in the I mean, 60s? let's say in that this 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 place disappeared in the late 70s would uh-huh. that would that process uh, have been in place process yeah the process was in place after the 1968 gun control act okay so yeah, so, yeah it would have yeah. probably been then okay yeah well but maybe not if he bought it in 66 it could have been before they were really keeping records yeah i thought he um, bought it more he, he had bought it more recently than well that, I, yeah i don't really know again i'm 50 50 on this because half the reporting i see says um, a couple months before and the other half says uh, i don't know there's a big window there i i, I have a question and I think I know what the answer is going to be. Okay. Where did Renner get the information that it was purchased within months prior to the suicide? Is that not provided? I, you know, I, one of the reasons that I have a bit of a problem with James Renner is that he doesn't, he's not great at saying exactly where he got the information from. Doesn't say he's really good at saying... And I found out that this thing, and you're like, okay, but where did you find that out? Mm. And, you know, and the, the, I'm sure in his books, he's much better, but like, I don't, okay. I'm not made of money. I can't I, buy every I, book I, I out presumed there. that that was going to be That's, the situation because yeah. we've encountered this before, but I just wanted to double check. Yeah. Okay. So are you guys ready to talk about theories? Yeah. I actually like how you've labeled the theory section. <laughs> Who could it be now? It's the men at work. Yeah. Who could it be now? It's we're gonna just do it in alphabetical order. The theories are right. Who who is Chandler? So the first one is Colin Hay, the lead singer for Men at Work. Uh, no, not alphabetically. No. Oh, I was really hoping that's why you titled this section that. No. Damn. Sorry. Mm. Actually, has nothing to do with Men at Work. There is. I just had that song stuck in my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> there is actually a famous singer on the suspect list. There is. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Just wait. You're right. You're okay. Right. Okay. So the first, I we have pictures in our script. So sorry. And there guys. are pictures all over oh, the yeah. internet You'll of see these them. comparisons. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But I just thought it'd be nice while we're sitting here talking for us to have them. Mm-hmm. So the first one is Stephen Craig Campbell. And I'm just going to go ahead and preface this whole thing by saying that literally almost every single one of these could be an episode in and of themselves. On this individual. On each individual suspect. So we're going to try and really keep it short. Okay. Uh, but I can't make any promises because they're all really, really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, because the first one, wow! Yeah, yeah, so... Great husband. Campbell is on America's Most Wanted list for crimes he committed in 1983, specifically for attempted first-degree murder and um, making a bomb. He has a few known al- aliases. One is Fred Campbell and the other is Stephen Murphy. Yep, we got a Jonah Steve. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> what about Fred? Yeah. I don't know. I can be Fred, I guess. Okay. Anyway. What's up next, Fred? Well, so Campbell uh, decided that he did not like his ex-wife's new boyfriend. Nobody ever does. He was jealous. So he decided to make a bomb and put it in a toolbox. Oh, was it a toolbox? It was a toolbox and put it on the porch. Totally logical. Thinking that, you know, the husband would be like, oh, tools, and, you know, open it, and that would blow (laughs) him up. Because every man is attracted to a box of craftsmen. Well, listen, I don't think that Campbell's, like, the most sound thinker. (laughs) Anyway, long story short, uh, his wife, his ex-wife finds it instead, but she's suspicious of it and pokes it with a broom, and it explodes. It takes off the entire back end of the house and her hand, but she lives. (sighs) 
so it almost ended up killing her instead. Uh, Campbell was arrested and admitted to the whole thing and posted bail and promptly skipped it. Uh, uh, smart thing. And dude. has never been seen again. Yeah. Uh, except for maybe once he might have been arrested under uh, one of his other identities and posted bail and skipped it again or escaped or something. He was a pretty strong suspect as the Unabomber as well for a while. Makes so here's, here's some interesting things about Campbell. He was an electrical and chemical engineer. He was born in California where Chandler spent, quote unquote, spent some time. Supposedly. Supposedly spent some time. Campbell fled from Cheyenne, Wyoming, which is only 308 miles from Rapid City, South Dakota, where the social security card and birth certificate request were made for Joey. 300 miles is an only. Okay. Listen. Okay. Reported sightings of Campbell happened in the Virgin Islands, and, you know, Chandler might have had a Cuban wife, and the Virgin Islands and, the, and Cuba are, like, kind of close, right? Yeah. Mm. Right? I'll, go, I'll go to the Virgin Islands. I'll check. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. And some people say that uh, Campbell was kind of just a crazy person anyway and had multiple so- social security numbers and birth certificates of other people for years prior to... He had a go bag that was Basically, stuffed full of identities. Yeah. If you want to be on the run, that's a great idea. But he that he had started doing that been even prepping. before, Obviously, you know, in the 70s, in the early 70s. Hmm. So that... Is, I mean, he's a pretty solid... That's a pretty solid suspect. Uh-uh. Well, no. You I mean, don't no. think so? Well, the only, <laughs> you don't think so? The reason I think people like him as a suspect is because he wears glasses. It kind of look he like kind of looks like, like a young Campbell. version of Chandler. I mean, he does. You have to admit, the mugshot and the ID picture look vaguely similar. And no. I know a lot of that is because of the glasses, but they do look vaguely similar to no, me. The jawline but is let's totally just wrong. talk about let's just talk about some of the problems, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Campbell was six foot or maybe even six two, and uh, Chandler was five seven maybe five eight on a good day you know people say well he shrunk he shrunk because he was getting older no campbell had curly hair uh chandler did not although again we don't really know that for sure because they're i'm sorry i had long hair once yeah well i mean but it was backwards the the thing is that like campbell had curly hair and chandler had straight hair quote unquote but but he also was wearing the fact that he was probably Wearing a wig. You know, we don't know for okay, sure, but okay. he's probably. But also, you know, perms were a thing, so he, uh, Campbell could have had a perm. The timeline, the, the timeline doesn't really match very well. Uh, Campbell didn't really become a fugitive until like 10 years after Chandler surfaced. Uh, their eye color is not the same. And Campbell was born in 48, which means that he would be 10 years younger than Joey would. And if anything, people thought that Chandler was older than he said he was, than he said he was not younger. So it would be very impressive if you happened to be 10 years younger than you were claiming. And people kept thinking, no, no, that's too young for you. Living hard. Yeah. Like really hard. Mm. I mean, I like the theory because they, I, again, I think they look kind of similar and, um, to address the jawline issue, apparently Campbell had a rich uncle that might've paid for some minor plastic surgery, quote unquote. That wouldn't be minor surgery though. Yeah. That would be huge. So I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to point this out right now. And I'm going to say this, I'm just going to apply this to every candidate that we have. Have, is that if you look at Chandler's nose and you look at the nostrils, 
his he's kind of got an upturned nose because you you see his nostrils when he's looking straight ahead, yeah. and nobody else does that. So it's almost kind of the the pixie nose because he's looking straight ahead, but his 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 schnoz is pointing up. Nobody else seems to have that nose. Stop showing me your nostrils, Devin. Well, I mean, can you see them when you like when you hold your head? A but but he's way? he's looking he's looking relatively straight ahead. He doesn't look like he's tipped back. So that's, mm-hmm. that's why I, I have a problem with it. Fair. Yeah, that is true. But uh, yeah, I, I I I would say that uh, he is not a good suspect. Okay. Not oh no, yeah, the the age thing is right the off the thing, bat. The height well, thing. and, and the disappearing thing, in nineteen eighty three. Okay. The eye color. Yeah. All right. Who else could it be? Uh well, it could be uh, D B Cooper. Yeah, I like this <laughs> Dan one. Dan Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's not no resemblance. And again, the only thing we have to compare to is a composite sketch of Dan Cooper, right? We don't have any actual photos of Dan Cooper. Mm-hmm. Cooper hijacked a plane in 1971. He did? Yeah. Yeah. You you know oh. that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think okay. I heard something about that. You just, you just yeah. gave me a, a fright that I... And the year wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Uh, I got to um, 727. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chandler was probably on the lam from something, but I don't think I don't think he was Cooper. Um, Do you think? I don't think I he don't, was Cooper. No. Well, it would have been the wrong age. Of course, yeah. again, people said he looked older, but Cooper was supposedly white in his mid-40s, people guessed. Yeah, I Chandler you know I looked 31. I looked a, at a lot of that stuff and I kept trying to find what people how old people thought Cooper was and that was it was almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. people were saying forty, forty five, yeah. right around in there. Yeah, yeah, but uh, so yeah. he would have been too old. Yeah, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. that um, Cooper had a different personality. He was, Very. He was chatty and friendly with the with the stewardesses, and also he he drank and smoked, of course. If it was Cooper, maybe he'd go out, you know, one on the wagon eventually at some point. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard for me to picture D.B. Cooper just, like, being a hermit, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and you know, an electric, or an electrical engineer and just not, yeah. Yeah, no, the first thing I don't think, think just doesn't work. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. And in the late 70s, you know, there's no reason for Cooper to go on the lamb. I mean, the, the police were not hot on his trail. Yeah, that was when in the late, you know, late seventies, Cooper was not hiding under a new identity. He was he was actually you know hiding money on the banks of the Columbia River. Mm-hmm. So that got I mean, burned a little bit and yeah, were found in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, so he had no reason to assume a false identity. Cops, I would agree with cops that. Cops were nowhere near closing in on him. Yeah, I would agree with that totally. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Okay, our next guy is John Dial, John Victor Dial. Excuse me. I mostly included this one for fun and because you'll see it places, <laughs> but um, we're going to debunk it pretty quick here. Uh, John Victor Dial went AWOL from his station at Howard Air Force Base in Panama in June of 1966, or actually he left service. I don't know if he was honorably discharged, dishonorably discharged, or he went AWOL. He married at 23 years old a Panamanian woman named Elsa, and they probably had at least one child, maybe two People say, oh, yeah, you know, Chandler said that he had a Cuban wife and uh, maybe actually she was Panamanian. And maybe, yeah, he was all mistaken. Yeah, maybe yeah. he was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, actually, you know, Cuba and, mm. and uh, Cuba and Panama are kind of similarly shaped. They're long and skinny. They are vaguely yeah. similarly yeah. shaped. Yeah, it'd be I pretty. See, that'd be yeah. an easy mistake to make. Yeah. Well, yeah. the spoilers are that, you know, John Dial has since resurfaced and he's safe and everything's fine. And yeah. he's not Chandler because he contacted uh, his sister after he Chandler died. He wasn't dead. He, he wasn't been dead. No. Okay. Well, that's, that's a sign. Who else could it yeah. be? Uh, well, it could be Jim Morrison. 
Yeah. I checked. I checked the internet. The internet does seem to believe that Jim Morrison faked his own death. Yeah, they do. Although I don't think Jim Morrison could ever live like that, though. Do no. you think? No. No. no I don't, no, think, I don't so. think so. Well, I wanted yeah. one other thing too. You know, I looked up a picture of Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. Jim Morrison had long hair. Mm-hmm. This guy has short hair. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Exactly. I know. Yeah. There's know. no way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next right, so next out. theory is um, a Soviet spy. Yeah, I got this one from... Uh, I don't know if you saw this. I did. Oh, I did, and I was kind of thinking, well, do I want to leave it in? Do I not want to leave it in? And then when we talked about talking to uh, Marshall Elliott, I, uh-huh. I just thought, okay, well, yeah, we should... And he, he didn't say that in. this was necessarily a strong contender. He said he just said some people believe that maybe it was a Soviet spy, and then, yeah. well, maybe. Uh, there's something to this, actually, as it turns out. You know, one of the big problems with Chandler is figuring out how he found Joey in the first place, right? It's a fairly obscure that, you know, the family, it wasn't a huge car accident. There was just a little tiny blurb. Yeah, it would have been big news in their hometown. It wasn't the even. The I looked, I looked at the news reports and it was, you know, in the town that they were from, there was literally in the obituary section, there was a little like three sentence thing on their death. And then in the town they crashed, there was just a little tiny, like two paragraph thing. It wasn't huge news. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't have made a splash. It wouldn't be one of those things that people would think, oh, yeah, I, you know. So finding his identity is one of the Needle huge in a things. Yeah, yeah, so you either have a big spy bureaucracy doing it for you. Mm-hmm. Or you knew the family. Well, that's what I was thinking. When I talked to Marshall Elliott, mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking that it maybe would have been a, like a school, a classmate mm-hmm. of Joey's or, mm-hmm. or, or somebody who knew him. Yeah, that's a, or, that's a theory. Or potentially a, a, a not so close relative. Yeah. And I was asking him about that actually. It's like, um, and I and I just I just thought it would make that suggestion to him, but he was actually way ahead of me on that. One. Oh yeah, they've of checked. They've checked all that. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, they've um, we've got some DNA, and I asked him uh, based on the idea that it was possibly somebody who was like a, a cousin or a second cousin or something like that who would have known about this. And so I asked him, are they going to exhume or have the exhumed the bodies of the family of the Chandler family? Mm-hmm. And he said uh, they're not at that stage yet. It, it, he said it might still happen. Yeah, but that's of kind the of parents. Uh, yeah, yeah, and exhuming the parents, and just to see if it was maybe a if relative, there were any close markers. I would, I would question how much usable DNA there would be at that point. Yeah. Well, there is that. You know, I don't know, but he's he said that it's it's a possibility that it might happen eventually, but it's kind of a last ditch sort of thing because obviously digging up bodies is not not your first go to thing. You know? No, no, yeah. no, it's yeah. really frowned upon yeah. for some yeah. reason. Yeah, kind of is. So, uh, but, I mean, that could happen, and this case actually could get solved. Yeah, if well, it turns out it was a relative. So, but we're talking actually about um, Soviet spies right now, not yes. family members. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally off on the, off yeah, the rails there. Yeah, that's okay. So, I mean, you know, the fingerprints are a pretty big indicator that this could be a thing. If we think, okay, maybe he didn't burn his fingertips off on accident all the time. This is a thing that Soviet spies and um, people who were fleeing, well, people who were Nazis that were trying to avoid persecution did mm. is they mutilated their own fingerprints with, you know, acid or sanding them down or whatever so that they would never leave usable prints, which it kind of seems like Chandler did because it's incredible that he had an entire house and not a single usable print from the lot of it. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, although I don't think he was a Nazi because uh, assuming he was born in 1937 or somewhere close to around there, he would have been the youngest Nazi ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Super young Nazi. Yeah, yeah, no, I would agree. Or maybe with that. he was the son of Hitler. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, one of the things that apparently oh, go ahead. I was just going to say one of the things that apparently um, also backs this up is that there was a very old, outdated computer found in Chandler's house, Mm -hmm. uh, and apparently it got damaged in the move to the evidence locker. So they just threw it out, which is so convenient. Uh (laughs) Yeah, I know. But um, investigator Lewis was the first investigator, and he said that he had a guy look at the computer before it had been moved, and that there had been some recent web searches that included, um, like, Nazism and plastic explosives. So um, somehow I guess that (laughs) helps. I don't really know. I think before you, like... uh... Head overseas on your Soviet sleeper agent assignment. They teach you how to make plastic explosives. I think that's true, and I yeah. also don't think you have to search Nazism. You probably kind of know what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I, I would easily just kind of justify that as he probably watched something on biography or something about the war and decided to, I want to see if there's some other information on this one topic. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, people do, people do that all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, it is. It's, it's actually, I think more people should do a little research on the Nazis because people actually, a lot of people have the wrong idea about the Nazis. A lot of people don't totally understand what the Nazis were about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were dicks, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But people don't really understand their ideology as well as they think they do. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the the only problem is, is, you know, there's a problem I think Joe has with it mm -hmm. mostly, which is that, you know, this isn't a, it's not a secret. (sighs) Using the identity of a dead child is like, that's not. That's, yeah, I mean, it's been around. uh, The first place I ever heard about this was um, Day of the Jackal by Frederick Forsythe. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, well, this, this guy gets it. And. I guess this is how it's done. The internet believes that this guy went out to a graveyard. And just walked around. And just around. walked around until he found a dead family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the law enforcement does not believe that. They, that's I why they believe that. that there was some sort of connection. Not uh-huh. necessarily family or close friends, but that. But because walking around a graveyard, it's like, you know, that'd be a long, tedious process. Yeah, it would. And, yeah. Well, and that's that's... That's banking on the fact that they're all going to be buried together in a single plot. Well, it's banking on that. It's also banking on the fact that, you know, the, the John Smith isn't a black guy. Uh, there's all kinds of factors there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so it's a lot easier to just, you know, go to newspaper articles rather than walk around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Walk around cemeteries. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, you know, apparently Chandler did once tell Mike. Uh, that was he it, had something he wanted Mark? to tell Mark, worker. Mark yeah. I'm sorry, that he had something he wanted to tell him someday, but I don't know what. It was that he was a Zodiac killer. Shh, it could have been spoilers. that. Spoilers! <laughs> or I'm a, I'm a sleeper or agent. Ted yeah. Cruz, one of the yeah. two. Yeah. Or maybe he wanted to tell him about the vacuum cleaner incident. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's possible. Clean about that. Yeah. Uh, next up, I do want to say about oh. the, the web searches though is that uh, if if he was a perv, then why didn't he have like stuff like you know kinky vacuum tricks and stuff like that? Is well, he was using history. incognito? I don't know. Oh, maybe. Maybe uh. yeah. Next up is Gene uh, Isaac Stees, Professor Gene Isaac Stees. Professor Steves was incarcerated at a state prison in Columbus, Ohio. Because he was a gem. He was convicted of beating his estranged wife and unborn child to death. Nice. He admitted it and was sentenced in 1963, and he was a model inmate. He eventually became a clerk there even, and one of the added benefits of him being a clerk there is that instead of wearing the, you know, old striped pajamas, he got to wear khakis and look like a normal human being. And also, the clerk's office was, like, literally right next to the door out that wasn't apparently left very locked all the time. Attended at least? Yeah, attended at least. So seven years and four days after his initial incarceration on February 
1970, uh, Steve's just walked out that door. Smooth. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I recently read in a, a book about the Alcatraz prison break back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. It was not nearly as easy for those guys. No, it was not. Well, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, people say he's one of those guys, too. Yeah, there uh, are people who Not say to sideline this theory, but that's one of the things that yeah. also gets brought up. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I have a suspicion those guys all drowned. Yeah, I would yeah. guess that as yeah. well. This was pretty well planned, I think, because Steve's wasn't reported missing to the police for like three days after because of um, protocol. Is that what it is? Huh? What does that That's mean? That's what they say. Uh, well, the... Or do you have an inside man? Uh, no. They're, the prison did a head count every day, but they didn't do a head count until the evening and Steve's walked away in the morning. And so he wasn't counted missing until that night. And then for whatever reason, the police or the prison guards just decided that the police probably didn't know, need to know about that for a couple days. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe they thought they had just misplaced him or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really sure. <laughs> anyway, obviously, by the time the police found out, the trail was totally cold and they had yeah. nothing to go on. So he's actually never been found, uh, Steez. And I guess I can see a f- some similarities a little bit not really it's really slight but it's really slight between him and everybody else it is i mean you know steez is a slightly bigger guy like he's you know he's got a little chub on him so i don't i guess i don't really know what he would look like if he lost a bunch of weight and was about the same weight as um chandler was Mm -hmm. Um, but I still don't think they really look that much alike. The, no, you I don't know, think they look anything alike. Realistically, you know, uh, Steez was born in 1932, so he would have actually been a couple of years older than Joey, which would have corresponded well with, you know, the fact that the people thought that he was older. He, older. he did have male pattern baldness. But again, you know, I can't find like any information about Steez other than what I've just told you. So I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a, it's an interesting theory, but it's definitely not airtight. Uh, yeah, I think that um, I think Chandler's got a like a longer face, longer nose. I especially. think that too, but I it's hard to tell. It's uh, no, I, they, their faces have totally different shapes. They have their eyebrows are shaped differently. Their noses are. I mean, Chandler's did you nose did either longer. of you guys look at that? That was the one thing that really I I really found enjoyable with uh, was it CrimeShadows.com, the one that's in the Wayback Machine. Is whoever ran that uh, took the time to make gifts of superimposing photos on top of each other? Just with uh-huh. Campbell. Was it just with Campbell? Yeah. I thought there was more than one, but it was really kind of funny because uh, the way that it was done it was just kind of hacked together. Yeah, it's not great. That's true. <laughs> and it, it's it was it was just so funny that that was their tool to make him prove that he's this person. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, okay. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Uh, next, Chandler could be the Zodiac Killer. Oh, lots of people could be the Zodiac Killer. Uh, this is not an episode on the Zodiac Killer. This is not an episode on the Zodiac Killer. That's so let's right. talk about the Zodiac Killer. So let's talk about the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, we will talk uh, about it someday. Maybe. Zodiac and Chandler were in California, if, if Chandler was indeed in California, around the same time. The Zodiac Killer just loves Jack the Ripper. And, you know, Joseph Chandler was the name of the head inspector in the Ripper case mm-hmm. from 1979 to 1982, eight lovers in Ohio were killed in a similar fashion to the Zodiac, which is, you know, like just when we can really confirm that Chandler was in Ohio. Mm. And then he gave it up for 20 years and killed himself. I, yeah. Right. I mean, that's, 
that's the that's my biggest thing is um they one of the things about the zodiac killer is that he definitely had much more control over his compulsion than many serial killers but when we get down to it he was a serial killer and i don't think that he would have been able to not kill anybody for god how many years is that it's like 20 years Mm -hmm. almost exactly Actually, you know, you know, if I was going to be a serial killer, you know what I would do? <laughs> I would just change my M.O. all the time. Well, that's what Zodiac we, we've did. We've had this conversation. But that's just, what the Zodiac did. That's why he was never really caught. He yeah. changed his M.O. And, you know, I guess it's possible that there was the random murder here or there, and he just got really good at covering it up and all of that stuff. But, again, I just don't think... I don't think this is it. But I did read one internet comment, which I just loved. And it was that this person said that she saw the Zodiac Killer when she was six. Uh um, And that when she saw the mugshot of Chandler, or not the mugshot, the ID picture of Chandler, she immediately knew it was the same man. Uh I saw a picture of Santa Claus once and I knew it was Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Mm. I did too. And I mean, you know, the other thing is, right, like you can't, this isn't today, you know, in 1978, you can't just do a Google search for, you know, deceased Joseph Chandler and come up with a name and then go and get the records. Yeah. So how would, how would one, if we're going to run down the rabbit hole of the Zodiac loved Jack the Ripper and wanted to have his next alias be Joseph, Joseph uh, Chandler, how did he find this one? Absolutely. <sighs> That would be looking for a needle in a haystack. It would. And and why yeah. that particular name, you know, out of all the names in Jack the Ripper or, yeah. or you know? Yeah. Why that guy? Yeah, exactly. Mm. I don't know. So I don't think that's a good theory. So Zodiac, no Zodiac, huh? Yeah. Well, everybody likes to tie every, everything. everything to the Zodiac. It is the go-to. You know, the interesting thing about the Zodiac killer is he really, uh, he really didn't kill that many people. No, you know, and, and he and just he, got everybody's attention. Yeah, he's yep. just the big one out yeah. there. There's people out there that have killed ten times as many people. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, you don't people don't even know their names. Yeah, and, but yeah. they, you know, didn't taunt. People That's it. The, as le- much. the it letters, the, the codes. Yeah. I mean, they're still trying to break the codes. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's one last theory, and that's just some random person avoiding. I don't know, child, child support, support or, or yeah. <laughs> you know, bills or literally insert anything here. Well, there's that guy that uh, just recently, there's that article. They found him in Europe, I think it was, and he'd been missing for six years. Yeah. He's from the States. Six and, uh-huh. tears, yeah. Hmm? <laughs> Doesn't matter. There was a typo on the original headline, and it said he was missing for six tears. Oh. <laughs> six tears, I yeah. love it. I didn't see that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he, he was gone for six years. His family didn't know where he was. And then they find him, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. No, I don't I don't want to talk to you people. No, no. And he's just like, he won't have any contact with his family. I mean, some well, people just... Well, that's what just... John, John Dial was doing. I mean, he just didn't want to have contact with the yeah. family. And then one day, you know, finally, I think it got to the point where he said, oh, my God, you guys, I'm not... Okay, fine. I'm alive. Yes, I'm alive. Fine. Yeah. People people have mm-hmm. fallings out with family yeah. all the time and say, you know what? You're a bunch of jerks. I'm never talking to you again. And move and never talk to him again. Yeah, although mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need to steal someone's identity to do that. Yeah, you can just move Especially away. in the 70s. Uh, no, right? I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that at all. But it's people do weird stuff to really, really take it as far as they could. And, and he was he was an oddball. So he yeah, may he have said, there. you know, his he, he seemed to have a very methodical uh, side to him. So mm-hmm. he may have said, 
to do this, I have to do this, and I have to do that. And so he went ahead and he did all those things, even though he probably could have just moved to another state and never given them his phone number. Yeah, it would have been really easy for him to do that, yeah. Um, I, I told uh, you guys, though, I went ahead and checked the FBI, uh, FBI vault yeah, you did. for this name. the uh, Joseph, What's his middle name again? Newton. Thank you. Joseph Newton Chandler. Nothing comes up on Joseph Newton Chandler III, but I found some interesting results for Joseph Newton Chandler, okay. some of which make sense, some of which make absolutely no sense, um, like the Black Panthers. Um, but there was the Dillinger gang from the 30s, which the time frame doesn't work on that. Uh, there was the Bremer kidnapping, which was a gang uh, gangster kidnapping, which was in the late 30s, I believe. Um, but that's that kind of brought the feds down on them, and they took the entire gang out. Um, there's another guy by the name of Ralph Rowe. He comes up in it, but again, he's another gangster from the thirties who's killed. But the one that actually was really interesting to me is that the name came up in documents about Jonestown, mm-hmm. hmm. Jonestown, the, the drinking, the flavor aid happened in late 78. So it's possible that he was uh, an early, um, defector, or he survived the whole thing and just went, I never want to be found by these people again. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. changing who I am. Yeah. I understand. Well, now, um, it's true. His name came up in the files about Jonestown. Mm-hmm. Was he actually a member? Did he actually? Was uh, the problem is, and... is that I didn't think to check the vault until today, uh, and it was in one of those PDFs that's a hundred and some odd pages long, and, and it's and, all photocopied and not easily readable. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I looked at it, and so I just started skimming through the results, but I couldn't find exactly where it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just noticed that it. it was like, well, you know, that's actually it's one of those big things that. People may never want to be associated with, so yeah. they just up and leave because of it. Yeah, yeah except for the... Uh, it's, it's the same name. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. I, yeah. I guess the other thing that would be interesting is if he was connected to, you know, the Dillinger or like any of the mob, you know, stuff, the fact that he went dressed, the one time he ever went to a dress-up party, he went dressed as a gangster is kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think the time frame really necessarily lines up, but no. And I looked up a bunch. I mean, of no, stuff unless he was mob. like a kid, maybe he was like a ten-year-old kid who saw something, and uh, it was witness protection, and it just was so long-standing that you know the marshals didn't even have any. Maybe I don't think so. I, saw, I mean, I'm I, just speculating. I looked but... up stuff about because uh, there's there's speculation on the internet that he was a gangster who was on the run, not necessarily so. witness protection, but just on the run. But it is, it's just so impossible to find who disappeared because guys in the mob disappeared all the time. Yeah, I don't think it's And it's an, I, I put it in the same, uh, the same stand as I do with the Zodiac. It's an easy go-to. Yeah, super mm-hmm. easy. Oh, oh, well, he was hiding. Well, yeah. Why was he hiding? Oh, well, he must have been in the mob. Mm-hmm. That's the easy answer. It is. It's a really easy yeah, answer. No. Yeah. Who knows? He had a secret. He wanted to get away from somebody, hide from the law. I mean, uh, who knows? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Marshall Elliott is quoted on the internet as saying that he's very certain that um, that Chandler was a violent fugitive. Possible. Um, but you know, everybody who ever encountered him in his life said they didn't have that the sense that he was violent at all. Mm-hmm. Although maybe that's why you know he's. Got the headphones on all the time. He's a recluse because he just 
if he knows he knows if he interacts with people too much, he might become violent. I don't mm. know. Yeah, well, people mellow as they get older too. I mean, That's who knows? True. Maybe his violent crimes or crime days were behind him, or maybe they were you know alcohol induced twenties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it could be. You know, maybe he had a problem with alcohol, and that's why he didn't drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could have been. You guys have anything else you want to talk about with this? Oh. No, because there's a bajillion ways this one could have gone. I'm sorry, yeah. this is an unsatisfying one where I just yeah, don't yeah. have a good answer. Well, stay tuned though. You never know. I mean, yeah, they, it could they, be. They probably dig up a few bodies. Maybe they'll solve it. Uh, yeah. uh, when I talked to Pete Elliott today, he said he said, you know, please send any any information you, you turn up, mm-hmm. please send it my way. Great. He's still actively pursuing the case. Yeah, he is. And so. Listeners out there, anybody has any evidence, uh, you know, shoot it our way. We'll forward it on to the marshal. Or we'll, yeah, d- we'll, don't send or, it in yourself. We'll do it for you. Yeah, we'll, we'll take and, the credit. We yeah. Will, yeah, we'll totally give you credit. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you do want some credit, then fine, fine, fine. We'll find a way to like get, get you hooked up with the marshals. Yeah. But, uh, or yeah. send you a T-shirt. Yeah, or something, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, gives you a free podcast or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, we can probably do that. Yeah. 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 Well, um, if you want to see any of the links, I think probably we'll post at least one of the links that is connected through the Wayback Machine um, and then a couple other things. So if you want to find those links without having to find them yourselves, which is kind of a pain, I can tell you, uh, that'll be on our website. That's thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You are probably listening to us on iTunes or streaming us or listening to us on Google Play. If you're doing any of those and for some reason you have not subscribed yet, why don't you do that? And then you can also give us a comment or a review and a rating. um, On iTunes. On iTunes. I think on some of the streaming ones you can too. Yeah. Uh, If you can, just do it. It helps people find us. Um, obviously we hope you'll leave a good one, but if oh, you yeah, don't, please do. well, and we're getting, uh, thanks to Google play, we're getting a whole bunch of new listeners. So welcome yeah. to everybody that yeah. uh, in the last month or so, since Google play really released all the, um, Google music released all the podcast stuff. Yeah. Tons of people. Yeah. Oh really? It's yeah. Great. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah. Uh, we're on Facebook. We've got a group and a page. If you want, this is just a quick word of advice. If you want to have a discussion, do it in the group. If you post on our Facebook page, like a question nobody for our will, audience, nobody will see We it. will respond to you, but nobody But else. the way we'll respond to you is to say, hey, you should probably post this in the group. <laughs> yeah. um, we've got a Twitter. It's Thinkin' Sideways. Uh, we've got a subreddit, which is just mm, our Thinking Sideways. You can email us if you have uh, comments about this, if you have any information, if you have story suggestions, if you're an expert. Uh, also, if you have any constructive criticism that you'd like to get out there, that's a pretty good forum. If you want to do it in a public forum, do it. Please do it on like Facebook or somewhere where we can respond to you. So yeah, we can talk about not it. somewhere that's a hundred and sixty-eight character limit. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can email us. That email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail dot com. And then, last but not least, if you would like to support the show in any way, we do have the merch links on the website. You can get a shirt or a sticker or whatever. But uh, if you'd like to donate just like money, you can do a one-time donation via PayPal, and that link's on the website. Um, or you can become a sustaining member and donate per episode on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash thinking sideways. And everybody remember, Patreon is an ongoing thing, so it's, it's per episode. So if you say you want to give a buck, 
That's a buck per episode. Yeah. So just Which keep we that. love. Thank you yes, so much. Yes, it absolutely but... we, it helps. Yeah. It is, it is amazing. We wholly appreciate it. Um, I know that uh, it seems that there's a little bit of confusion and sometimes in the way Patreon works with the, the amount you're pledging versus the, the limit that you set. Because yeah. you can limit it. You can say, I, I can't, you know, if you say you want to spend 10 bucks a month. It'll stop you at the ten bucks, but that seems to have caused some confusion. Mm-hmm. Yep. So be aware that that's how that works. Yeah. It'll never just keep rolling on you. Yeah. So all of that having been said, I think we're just gonna go ahead and uh, get on out of here. I think so. It's time yeah. we solved this one. This is a blast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>